This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Alabama Democratic Party will be hosting a debate among those primary candidates who are vying for the party candidacy within the newly redrawn Congressional District 2. There are actually 13 Democrats who have qualified to run for that seat. The debate will be held in Montgomery at the Davis Theater on January 30th and the 31st. Both of those forums start at 6 p.m. and run till 8. The primary election here in Alabama will be held on March 5th. Speaking of Democrats and Joe Biden, Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall is calling the decision out of the Colorado State Supreme Court as nothing but judicial activism. Marshall says that Americans have been told ad nauseum since 2016 that Donald Trump presents an existential threat to democracy, but he says the actions of the Democrats on that state Supreme Court are the real threat to democracy. Alabama Congressman Barry Moore writes an opinion piece for the 1819 News website about the recent passage of the National Defense Authorization Act for 2024. Moore was the only congressional delegate from Alabama who voted against the passage of the NDAA, and he's now taking issue with those from both parties who want to continue business as usual rather than take a hard vote and say enough is enough. Moore compared what is going on in Congress to being served a delicious barbecue sandwich on a big steaming pile of horse manure. Moore says the NDAA had some good things in it for Alabama, but the poison pills far outweighed that good, such as taxpayer money being used to fund abortion within the military, as well as funding sex reassignment surgeries in the military, and more money going to Ukraine, bringing the total sent to that country to $40.6 billion. Moore says the bill became completely unpalatable when the FISA Surveillance Act was reauthorized with zero changes made to it, which only allows for the government and the FBI to continue spying on Americans. Moore says that more Democrats voted for this bill than Republicans, and if Republicans had worked together and stood strong, it would not have passed, and a better version would have come out of it. The Alabama Farm Credit in North Alabama has filed a complaint against a former borrower for accusing that lender of corruption and extortion. The AFC filed a complaint against Dustin Kittle in an effort to stop a scheduled stockholders meeting that could potentially remove the leadership and board members. Kittle has been claiming that the AFC has violated federal lending laws, and other borrowers have now come forward to say the same thing. Kittle has called for a borrower and stockholder meeting to be held on December 29th. The AFC claims that Kittle is violating bylaws in doing so, and they're asking a judge for an injunction to stop that meeting from going forward. Kittle told 1819 News that the AFC filed a 31-page complaint against him, but were still not able to refute any of the things that he brought up about their lending practices. A U.S. District Court in the Northern District of Alabama has granted a motion that moves a case forward that takes on the porn industry. A Tuscaloosa woman is suing Pornhub and its parent company, ILO, for profiting off of a crime that was committed against her when she was a minor. Plaintiff 1 says that she was raped at the age of 16, and that occurred back in 2018. Plaintiff 1 says it was all filmed and uploaded to Pornhub, and as a result, Pornhub profited. Plaintiff 2 is also involved in this lawsuit and has similar claims. The two plaintiffs are bringing the lawsuit on behalf of other defendants who they say were victimized by Pornhub and ILO with sex trafficking and the distribution of child pornography. Attorney Kim Adams is representing Plaintiff 1 and calls her client very strong and brave. 
A Birmingham-based nonprofit is helping the orphans and widowed spouses of Israel's Defense Force soldiers. These losses have all occurred as a result of the conflict in Gaza. J.H. Israel out of Birmingham is seeking to start up the Naomi Project, which will offer grief and trauma counseling and connect widows and orphans with mental health professionals. The Naomi Project will be conducted at the J.H. National Leadership Center in Israel. The nonprofit organization is also seeking to install two air raid bunkers in that National Leadership Center. Christmas is only a few days away, and if you're hoping to go to Walmart late on Christmas Eve to do some last-minute shopping, you might want to rethink that plan. This year, Walmart will be offering shorter Christmas Eve hours and will close their doors at 6 p.m. The stores will not be open on Christmas Day either, so this weekend is your best chance for getting shopping done. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson has reached out to the Biden administration asking President Joe Biden to take executive action against the onslaught of illegal immigration that is occurring at the U.S.-Mexico border. Several of the passes in Texas and other states have seen as many as 12,000 pass in one day. Johnson wrote a letter to Biden. Johnson is urging Biden to take action while the Senate negotiates a border package bill that was passed a few months ago by the House. And he's also asking Biden to reimpose the remain in Mexico policy. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee has requested certain documents from special counsel Jack Smith regarding Smith's prosecution of Donald Trump and the staff members that Smith is using to do so. That letter was sent to Smith this week. The Judiciary Committee says it's looking into implementing reforms for politically motivated prosecutions from federal prosecutors, including Smith as a special counsel, and they want a list of all of Smith's staff due to allegations against some of them, in particular one top aide, Jay Brad, who's accused of engaging in prosecutorial misconduct. Smith was given a January 4th deadline to produce all of these documents, as well as previous letters that he received from U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland, who appointed him as special counsel. The committee is indicating that they're willing to engage in compulsory actions, which means they're willing to subpoena him. Smith is prosecuting Trump on two fronts, one in Florida for the mishandling of classified documents and in Washington, D.C. for protesting the 2020 election and taking part in the January 6th protests in Washington, D.C. This week, attorneys for Trump filed a motion with the U.S. Supreme Court asking that court to take a normal pace and follow the usual procedures that are done when it comes to judicial review and appeals. The motion from Trump comes after special counsel Jack Smith urged the Supreme Court to expedite the appeals case that was coming from Trump regarding his presidential immunity from prosecution. Trump's filing pointed out that in 234 years of American history, no president has faced criminal prosecution for his official acts as president and that the court should not rush to decide in such a complex, intricate and momentous case, nor should they leapfrog it over the typical appeals process. And while we're on the topic, let's continue on with this whole case involving Donald Trump and Jack Smith. A former U.S. Attorney General, Ed Meese, along with two other constitutional scholars, have filed an amicus brief in this case that's occurring in Washington, D.C. against Trump. The brief argues that Smith lacks authority to be a special counsel, since that office is by definition from the U.S. Constitution supposed to be created and appointed by Congress rather than the Department of Justice. 
The claim is that U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland acted outside of his scope and authority in naming Jack Smith as a special counsel and that Jack Smith cannot continue with any significant level of authority when it has not been approved by Congress. In the amicus brief, the three lawyers are suggesting that the Supreme Court refuse and reject all petitions from Smith, and they said in that briefing that he has no more power to represent the U.S. in that court than Bryce Harper, Taylor Swift, or Jeff Bezos. Okay, let's change the topic entirely. Remember Hulk Hogan? He is a former WWF star, Worldwide Wrestling Federation, I believe. He's back in the news for posting a video on his Twitter account of him and his wife getting baptized. Hulk Hogan, whose birth name is Terry Bollea, wrote on that post that total surrender and dedication to Jesus is the greatest day of his life. Just a few months ago, Hogan was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he talked further about his return to faith. And I accepted Christ as my savior when I was 14. But then I derailed, you know, kept playing music and rock and roll bands and got way away from my faith. And then as the years went by, you know, I started seeing how things went. And it's got me to the point now where I'm locked back in. I'm locked and loaded, you know, after all the life experiences and, you know, seeing how people live and what money does to people, you know, and, you know, okay, money makes it easier, but it's not the live and die all situation that some people say it is, you know, and it's just that, that relationship I have, not so much with religion, but with my Lord and Savior is what I function on. And as we head into the Christmas season with prayers to God for peace and love for our families and our country, I want to take this moment to suggest to those that are listening to include the family of Ryan Corbett in their prayers. Ryan Corbett is a U.S. citizen from New York. He and his wife, Anna, have been living in Afghanistan since 2010 with their three children. Ryan worked for non-governmental organizations in that country for several years. He then started his own endeavor to help Afghani people operate their own businesses. The family had to be evacuated when the Taliban came into control of that country in August of 2021 during the debacle of the U.S. military trying to exit that land. Ryan returned to Afghanistan to renew his business license in January of 2022 and during that time was taken captive by the Taliban before he could leave the country. Ryan has been held a prisoner since then along with a German colleague. His wife Anna says that they've had one six-minute phone call with Ryan since being taken captive, and he's currently being held in a basement cell somewhere in Kabul, and that his health is failing. The U.S. State Department is working quietly to obtain a release of Ryan along with other Taliban detainees, and they do say that he's being wrongfully detained. This story may or may not make it to the mainstream media, depending on how negotiators in this case want to proceed But the story can still be told to the listeners of this report who still believe in the power of God and the power of prayer. So as we head into the Christmas season with family and friends by our side, pray for the Corbett family and their safe reunification. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. And just a note for my faithful listeners, on Monday, which is Christmas Day, there will be no Daily Detail report. However, it will resume the following day. Thanks for listening. And Merry Christmas. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.